Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You are now listening to The Philly Pod, a Philadelphia sports podcast. What is up, y'all? And welcome to the debut episode of The Hot Route right here on The Philly Pod, also featured on TheLibertyLine.com. I'm your host today, Victor Williams. You can follow me on Twitter as well as Instagram. I'm trying to get a bit more into the uh, into the Instagram game, it's it's a lot more difficult to uh, to build a following on uh, on that than Twitter. But you can follow me on there at the Philly Pod, doing some interactive uh, stuff on there. As you've guys seen on Twitter, uh, made the announcement yesterday. I'm very excited uh, for this project and to be joined on this new show uh, by an individual I personally respect a ton in this industry. He covers the Eagles and the NFL for the Associated Press, talks all Philly teams uh, for 975 The Fanatic, as well as his own show on Faith on the Field. Uh, Rob Mahdi is here with me on the show today. What's going on, man? Happy to uh, for this project. Happy to do this thing with you. Happy we were able to uh, come together and figure it out. And I hope I didn't butcher your last name there because I have no idea how to pronounce it. Of course not, man. You did a good job. And, you know, you've heard, you've heard it enough out there. But uh, you know what's interesting? Right off the top, Victor, you and I, we even pronounced the name of the show differently. I hear you go in hot root, and I'm like – I say route. Oh, route! So oh we, man, we, you, you, I got. I, I'm, you know, I'm running routes, right? And you're going routes. So. Butting heads, oh, butting yeah. heads already. <laughs> this is gonna be great, but no, man, I, I appreciate this. When you reached out to me, like, dude, I got so many things and so many various projects, and I'm like, but you know what? This is an opportunity to just focus only on the Eagles, like you said at the beginning, like with the AP, and I do everything across the league. At the Fanatic, you got to talk all the sports teams, of course, and we field callers, and then Faith on the Field shows a different niche, and we're talking about Faith, and here's an opportunity, just you and I talk about the Eagles, which obviously an extremely passionate fan base, so it's going to be a good time. It should be some fun, and and as when you approached me, you were like, hey, that's I wanted to do something with somebody who's not toxic, right? Yeah. And, and that's, you know, we want people to to sit down, listen up. We're not, I'm not I'm not in this for clicks. I'm not in this for recognition. I'm not in this for any of that. I just want to give people an opportunity to get to know some more intri- intimate details about the team that maybe ordinarily don't get put out there. That's all. 
Yeah, you and I of all people, you know, that certainly don't need the uh, the, the the attention. I think we get enough of that. <laughs> um, definitely not in it for that. In, in, in good ways and bad ways. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah. It can go both oh, ways on that one, man. You saw from the announcement, sure. man. You got the people that love it. And you got the people not so much. But uh, That's we're, great. That's we are. Great. Uh, yeah, I wanted. I was trying to think of people I could, you know, because I did want to add another element to, to to the show in addition to the Sixers things I do and the traditional podcast. And as busy as you are, you know, in the press conferences, I listen to the reporters and things like that. And, you know, you just come off as a, as a, like I said, a non-toxic individual, not calling anybody else toxic. You know, I have nothing against anybody else, but I just think we share a lot of similar views. Um, you know, not, not Carson related, you know, we'll get into the, that whole saga, but, um, but yeah, just excited to, you know, I've, I've been, you know, I've seen the work you've done for, for others and, uh, you know, the work you put out for, for AP as well as listen to you a ton on 975. Uh, so I couldn't be more excited to, to put our heads together and, and see where we can go. So everybody listening now, um, if you're able to, be sure to subscribe on Apple iTunes, uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Um, YouTube will have the audio versions up there as well. Um, this this one is audio for now, but we'll get into the video if Rob decides he's like camera savvy. And maybe we'll we'll get into that. I <laughs> um, uh, can't wait to, to do more of these and, and, and kind of see where it goes. Uh, so uh, I, I know how to handle the Zoom. That's about it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, man. I, I'm the tech guy. I'll, I'll figure all that out. You just got to get in, uh, and, and uh, you don't got to produce it. I'll just you show up and talk, man. That's it. it oh, that's, that's, that's how I like it, man. That's how I like it. Especially today on the last day. I've been here in Florida for five weeks. We're getting ready to hit the road tomorrow. But then so much has happened. We weren't going to do this for another week or two. And I was like, no, man, let's, let's, get, this, let's get this debut episode out now. We got a trade to talk about. We got a tweet to talk about. Mm-hmm. So we got a lot to get yeah, into. We sure do. Yeah, it was it was interesting because we were going to do this, like you said, in the uh, in the second week of April, man. Once once this tweet started going around, uh, you were like, you know what? I think I got to go out and, and combat this yeah. now <laughs> while while the iron's hot. Um, yeah. So yeah, so we'll we'll before we get into the trade, we'll tackle this. So just let it be known if the followers don't know this already, myself and Rob, more more so than anybody, are labeled as quote unquote pro Carson, <laughs> and you know we're Wentz boys and all this stuff, and and it's it's. We, I, I was a fan of Carson. We all know this. It's not a secret. Um, Rob has his own views on, on Wentz and Hurts and that whole thing that we'll get into. But just for, 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 for purposes of what we're about to discuss right now, um, Rob tweeted this out on March 26th, so three days ago from today. No, and this is after the trade. Was it after the trade? It was right after. Yeah. No, so this came down. Yes. First, the trade goes down. Which by you decided the way, now I, was a good time to tweet this, huh? Yeah. Well, <laughs> and, and because of what happened with the tweet, what happened with the trade, the fact that they almost they were considering moving up, there was possibilities. There was talk. There was the evaluation process, and then eventually they traded out. So go ahead. You can read the tweet. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do the honors here. So you noted that the Eagles are unsure about Jalen Hurts. So after that first sentence, you know, people are, are going off. So it continues on. No consensus in the building. After beating the Saints, they wanted to get rid of Carson Wentz. Then after the next three losses, they wanted to work it out with Carson. Then after they traded Carson, they considered a trade up for a QB before trading down to 12. So at the end, you know, when the average fan reads that, the notion that they get is, oh, the Eagles aren't all in on Jalen Hurts. You know, Hurts isn't the guy. They're moving up for a QB. Or on the reverse side, why the heck did we get rid of Carson Wentz if you, you know, if you're not sure about Jalen Hurts? Not sure how any of us can be sure about Jalen Hurts at this point after like the four and a half game sample size we did get. Uh, but Rob, some some insight behind this tweet. I'll let you have the floor and, and, and attempt to defend yourself because <laughs> you, this tweet has been everywhere between Bleacher and, and like yeah. you mentioned, Get Up this morning. And it's it just... On- 
everything, man. <laughs> yeah, people reaching out to me, letting me know where it is. I, I know Mike Florio yes, everywhere. Football Talk did something with it. I've too, seen it on Instagram, well. man. Ten and, like I've seen ten to fifteen Eagles Instagram accounts with this quote, and I'm like, geez, man. Is that right? Yeah, it's bad. So the the only thing I did afterwards was a few hours later when I'm seeing some some things coming in there, I just followed up with being unsure. Right? The fact that the Eagles are unsure or have been unsure about Jalen doesn't make them a terror because it was overwhelming majority of people replying to this or retweeting it or posting about it are like Eagles are awful fire Howie because fire Howie is like the, the number one response to everything fire Howie fire Howie that's fire my response Howie. that's my response <laughs> but in this in this particular instance here being unsure about Jalen Hurts it doesn't make them a terrible organization and it doesn't make them stupid I think it makes them prudent. It makes them wise and smart. How could you be sure about anybody in the NFL who's only started four games? You can't be sure about him. I've been on the record, Victor, and you know this. I've been on the record since December, since the benching of Carson as saying, me personally, Rob Motti, a uh, football writer and analyst and talk show host, would want Jalen Hurts to be QB1 in 2021. I'm not a scout. I'm not a team executive. If they see something that they don't like or they're unsure of, that's why they were considering all possibilities. That's why they talked about trying to trade up to get one of these top quarterbacks in a strong quarterback class. That's why they looked into every possibility. And at the end of the day, I think they couldn't make the deal they wanted. And I like what they did by moving back because now you've it, you've brought in more draft capital. You've accumulated more draft capital to where you could potentially have three first round picks next year and your options are all unlimited. So for those out there who think that I'm anti-Jalen Hurts, do your homework, do your research. I have been saying since Carson was here that Jalen should be QB1 in 2021, and there's nothing in this that says he shouldn't. It just says that the Eagles have been unsure, that there's no consensus in the building because you have some folks who thought maybe they should go and get another quarterback, and you have some who want to stick it out with Jalen, and then we rehashed a little bit of what happened, and a little bit of what happened is how it played out. After Jalen leads the Eagles to a win over the New Orleans Saints, and he's riding high, and Carson was as terrible as he was last year, there was some thought in the organization, hey, Jalen's our guy, Carson's got to go. And then after the next three losses and Jalen suddenly, it's a mixed bag of results and he's there's not as much confidence in him in the way he played the last three games. And certainly not only his fault because of obviously everything surrounding him, there was some thought within the organization Carson talked about it a little bit after he finally spoke to Pat McAfee and when he spoke to Indianapolis reporters that maybe they could potentially work something out. Ultimately, they didn't, and he was traded. And that leaves them in a situation where what do we do now? Either Jalen's QB1 or we draft somebody by trading up. They looked into it. It didn't happen. They moved back. I think we can all move on believing right now that Jalen will be QB1 in 2021, and I believe he should be. 
Yeah, and especially with the uh, the signing of Flacco, that w- that we'll get to a little bit later. That kind of solidifies the whole. You know, if, if Jalen Hurts is a QB one, and and with this trade back, that should solidify it. You know, whether you're a supporter of Hurts or not. And you know, as you said, you were on the record saying that Jalen Hurts should be QB one towards the end of the end of the year. Now that's kind of where I was on the opposite side of the spectrum because you know, as we all know, the internet knows and everything. Like I was, I was certainly pro Carson. I was certainly not a fan of of trading a man after one bad season. Uh, you know. He's he left the organization ranked fourth in, in franchise history in touchdown passes, passing yards, as well as wins. You know, in the five years that he was here, and yes, he had an abysmal year. And we don't want to make this, you know, a, a whole like you know Wentz thing, you know, because obviously he's not mm-hmm. here anymore. Um, I just personally wasn't in the in the camp that that wanted to move on from Carson Wentz. That doesn't make me anti Jalen Hurts. I like a lot of the things that Jalen Hurts brings between his his attitude and his history, and he's been up against adversity. And of course, when you run the football the way he does, uh, combined with the, the the poise that he showed, especially in that, that Saints game as well as the Arizona game. There's a lot of things to be desired. But in the four game sample size that we did watch, uh, you know, it's it's it, it, it that also leaves more to be desired. And you hope that with a full season and a full off season and things like that, that Jalen Hurts, you know, the Eagles are confident enough to attempt to build around him. Uh, now, Rob, two, two things. If the Eagles, in fact, did have the number three pick, do you think they would trade down? And in addition to that, how confident are you that you feel like the Eagles will adequately build around Jalen Hurts if he is, in fact, the quarterback moving forward? If, if they were able to move up to three, would they trade down? If they had the three pick originally, like say the year ended um, and they had the, the number three overall pick, do you think they were staying there and taking a quarterback or do you think they would have still entertained moving down? I, I wouldn't rule out a trade down because – and I personally would trade down. If, if it were me and they had – if they finished the year with the three instead of the, the Number six, six, yeah. Yeah, I would have traded down because this is a bad team to me that needs more – you need more talent up and down, right? And by trading down, you get to add extra picks. And if you're trading down from three, it's better than trading down from six. Depending on where you go, you're going to get more talent. I think it would have been difficult, though, for Howie and Jeffrey Lurie at three to pass up one of those quarterbacks because they so strongly believe in having a franchise quarterback. But I'm not convinced, right? I'm not convinced that Jalen can't be that guy for all those reasons you just uh, mentioned. I love his poise. I love the fact that he can run with the football, his leadership ability. He's got all the intangibles. So i I kind of feel like I might be higher on Jalen Hurts than some people in that organization. So if they had the three, man, I think it would have been really difficult for them to pass up a quarterback. I personally would have traded down. That's why I like to trade down at six, too. But uh, what was your your second part of that question? Is how adequately do you think, like, how confident are you that the Eagles are even going to try and build around Jalen Hurts? We saw, you know, Carson is a whole different story, but you saw the lack of weapons that Carson had all those years. Like, Jordan Matthews was his best weapon for a few years there. And, you know, he was the second, up until this season, uh, he was the second leading rusher behind Miles Sanders his whole tenure here. So, In their defense, though, right? Victor, in their defense, they tried. Yeah, that's they that's the argument. That's the argument they these days. They just didn't get the job done. They didn't select the right so, players, which is also right. their job. Which is also so, their job. Exactly, but they did try. They did. They brought in JJ Ortega Whiteside in the second round when they mm. could have obviously had DK Metcalf. They did draft Jalen Rieger when they could have drafted Justin Jefferson. I still don't want to give up on Jalen Rieger after one year, and I think he's still got potential. And dare I say, maybe even JJ can the new coaching staff can get something out of him. I don't know. So 
I think the intentions are going to be there to attempt to build around Jalen Hurts. I personally, and I'm sure you don't, and I think every Eagles fan out there at this point don't have the confidence that they can draft the players to bring in and surround. When you look at their draft record and the recent draft history, how can anyone be confident about their ability to bring in players? Now, the fact that they're adding picks and accumulating picks, the more players you pick, the better your odds are they're going to increase, right, of actually hitting on somebody somewhere along the way. But I I like their plan. Now they got to go out and execute it, and that's the part where I'm not confident enough in them to be able to execute the plan. Yeah, I have no faith personally, (laughs) like not even the slightest that they'll – well, the trade down gave me – I guess a, a smidge of hope that they're attempting to, you know, accumulate pieces. Um, you know, that'll bring us to the trade in, in just a second here. But the the confidence factor in building around the quarterback, not even if it was Jalen Hurts, even if they drafted Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, whatever the situation is, uh, I'm not confident the Eagles are going to, to build around that. The only thing that gave me confidence moving forward about this team was was the Doug and Wentz combination. You know, prior to last season, I always said that we'll always compete because we have Doug Peterson and we have Carson Wentz. And as long as you have those two and they're working together, we will always have a chance to compete despite the team around him. Now, obviously, we don't have those two pieces here. We have Nick Sirianni, who's never called plays before. You have Jonathan Gannon on defense, who's also never called plays before. And we have a, a, a first-time starter in the second-year QB in Jalen Hurts. So the things that I try to tell the fans, I try to I try to temper expectations, not that I'm folding, not that I'm surrendering, but we should prepare, especially after this trade down, we should prepare to not be a great football team next season. Am I, am I wrong in saying that? Yeah, I don't anticipate this team being anything more than a, a five to seven win. I give them four football team. Four wins. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? It's The reason I go more than four is because the division, I think, is still weak. Teams have improved around them, but the division to me is still weak enough to where if they can stay healthy, there's a lot of ifs, and there's a lot of ifs with every football team going into every season. But if this offensive line comes back healthy and you have the guys in Lane Johnson and Brandon Brooks and Jason Kelsey's going to play again, obviously, and uh, if Andre Dillard can come back and prove he could be a left tackle, if not, you got Jordan Maylott. Like if it, the key is going to be the offensive line to me. On the offense, if the offensive line comes back strong, solid, stays healthy, there's some continuity up there, a lot of things can happen to where I think they'll be more than a four-win team. I'm not going to say eight, nine, or ten, but I think they could be more than a four-win team. But that's a lot of ifs, and we're counting on a lot of guys who've had a little bit of recent injury history. So I think that's where it starts. We don't know what they're going to end up with at 12, if they even stay at 12. But if they can bring in a weapon uh, somebody who can be a, a big-time playmaker for Jalen Hurts. There's a possibility there of, of helping out the offense. I still got a lot of confidence in, in Miles Sanders. I think he could be a guy there. And you know what, Victor, getting lost in everything that's happening, Zach Hurts still on his football team. I don't think he's going to be here, but he's still on this team right now as we speak. Yeah, how he's botching that whole thing, in my opinion. Like, he should have been gone. <laughs> like, I don't know how he's even still here. And if they retain him, this is going to be one of the most awkward off-seasons I, I could remember. Like, uh, yeah. I, I'll give you something here. You know, I'll try and do this. Uh, I can't do it every week, but uh, sometimes I'll give you something that I haven't reported and I'm not going to report, but I'll just a little bit, a little bit of a nugget on our podcast, and, and that is, and I don't think this is going to come as any surprise to anybody out there listening to this, but the way you just said Howie Roseman has botched this, I'll tell you this, um, there is a lot of feelings of 
bitterness betrayal <laughs> yeah I, I'll, use, I'll use the word there's there's some there's some bitterness involved here and some people are wondering whether there is more personal vendetta than the eagles handling this from a business side so uh that's where they are so they're in their feelings at the end of the day the eagles yeah, are in their feelings and, and, and they can't Great. They, and they Great. can't be doing that like this is a business right treat it like a business do what's best for the obviously you got to do what's best for the organization right first and foremost uh i know zach Ertz has been a loyal uh player for this team he's been here forever he they don't win a super bowl without zach Ertz. and a lot of people talk about the touchdown catch but that fourth and fourth and one pass that he catches for one yard to get the first down to extend that drive like they don't mm-hmm. win the super bowl without zach Ertz. yes sure there should be some loyalty there they've been more loyal to players who've done far less than Zach Ertz. But at the end of the day, you got to do what's best for the organization. And I don't know that they've done that because perhaps they're allowing some personal feelings to get involved here. Yeah, it's interesting that you bring up the uh, the, the whole bitterness thing. And we'll, we'll we'll make this our last point before we go to break here. Uh, you know, not too long ago <laughs> when you were when you were uh, asking Howie, uh, sort sort of a similar scenario here with uh, with the way he kind of talks to players and getting in his feelings mm-hmm. and things like that. And you kind of asked him, you know, uh, you know, do you kind of have to step back and look in the mirror because it's not you know one or two players. A lot of people are saying. Um, you know that you're not the <laughs> you don't you don't talk to the players in the greatest of ways, and then we had the Lane Johnson story and the exchange yeah. that they had. Now you don't have to you know conform nor deny any of this, but is there any merit to how he kind of kind of just you know giving an earful to some of these players when he just needs to be the GM and not so much you know try and be the bully in that locker room? Um, as far as Jeff McClain's story with reporting that about Lane Johnson, I've heard similar stories. Victor, and, that, and that's what's disconcerting and disappointing. I've heard similar stories. I've heard some stories that go even a little bit deeper. Um, and I, obviously, I haven't reported those. So there's a there's a lot there's a lot that goes into it when I ha- when I report something. And maybe we should talk about that for a second because I work for the AP. Our standards of anonymous sourcing are such that I can't report something that's opinion based. If if somebody's telling me, hey, this guy's um, like something, if, if one person's bad mouthing someone else, right? I, I'm not reporting that, right? Not for AP. They're not allowing me to report that. Right, also, right. I have to run all my sources exactly who they are by my boss, has to know who they are, who the sources are, how they know the information, why they know the information, and why they're willing to say it but not have their name attached to it. So there, it's it's very difficult for me to be able to, to report all these things. So when like Jeff puts a story out like that, obviously it's a little bit different. So all that to say, yes, I've heard stories like that, have not reported on those, but I've heard them. And to me, that's disturbing. Um, and I'll leave it at that because it's very disturbing to hear those kind of things. Yeah, definitely. When I heard it, I was like, yeah, that's definitely not good. Now, now, in addition, do you think that word gets around the league and, it, you know, that kind of, uh, you know, shies players away from here? Not that, you know, like we, we there's already stigma against Philly, like free agents don't want to come here and, and that whole thing. But do you think that notion kind of gets around the league? You heard what Skandrick said uh, a while ago about Howie and, you know, lying and all that. Now you heard about Malcolm and it's not about the money and all this and they had a poor relationship. Uh, do you think that word kind of gets around the league and, you know, you 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 know you go to Florida and you you speak with other you know reporters and organizations and things like that. Uh, does Howie kind of 
to just discourage players to coming here or the players aren't, aren't really concerned with how the GM is talking and, you know, they just kind of one year and not the other. <laughs> it's a, it, Victor, it's a great question. And it depends on the player and his situation. If you're a player who is out of options and don't have anywhere else to go or somebody. Skandrick had no options. That's right? for sure. <laughs> yeah. And if, if no one else is throwing money at you, you're not going to care what's going on in that organization. You're going to sign that contract. But if you're a player who has opportunities elsewhere, you may consider it. So I don't think that it's it's fair to say that across the board, the perception of the Eagles organization and front office or the toxicity of it, right, is going to cause players not to want to sign here. I think that's dependent upon each player and his individual situation. Um, I'll also say this. The reputation that Howie has in Philly is far worse, man, and you know this, than it is nationally, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, He's still – wasn't there a – I don't know where it was. Was it a GM's poll or something that had him ranked really high that came out just last year? Really? Was was it a poll among – it was either a poll among agents. I think it was agents, right, man? We gotta do, yeah. I don't know if anything had how you had ranked that high, but remind me if that was the case. <laughs> I think I think there was an agents poll, and in my conversations with agents, there are some who really like dealing with Howie, mm-hmm. and there are some who don't. So you know, it's I, I, I don't think it's ever fair to ever put one generalization across the board on anybody in uh, really you know in an organization or really man in life. Yeah, fair enough. Well, let's hope that Howie can kind of put that bitterness to the side and get Ertz out of here sooner <laughs> rather than later because Ertz has been frustrated for a while now. You've seen Wentz yeah. go and all this stuff, and Ertz is like, how much longer do I got to sit here and stare at these people? Um, but, oh, man, let's just hope that, you know, sooner. You know what? One, one thing before we go to break and come back and, and talk about it, let, let's, let's get this out in the open right now, okay? Because you came on, and, and you've talked, and everybody knows this, right? You said you're a fan of Carson. You're a pro Oh, well-known. Well known. At right? the time. Well, not so much well, now, yeah. but at the time. Well-known. Well <laughs> okay. And and I've been, quote-unquote, labeled a Wentz guy, a Wentz supporter. Wentz's mouthpiece. That's what I've right? seen. Wentz, Wentz's mouthpiece. <laughs> Wentz, a big, you know, somebody called me yesterday a huge fan of Carson Wentz. And let me say this clear and on the record again, because I've said it on 97.5 The Fanatic. I've said it on other... Uh, platforms that I've been on. I am not a fan of any player mm-hmm. in any sport. I am a journalist for the AP. I cannot root for players. I do not root for players. I am not a fan of anyone. I objectively write and I objectively analyze. So I've never been a fan. And then for those who say, oh, I saw somebody say oh, he's best friends with Carson Wentz. Well, best friends would know each other's birthdays, dude. I don't. I'd have to Google when his birthday is. Like, yeah. I, I don't. We're not texting each other like "Merry Christmas," "Happy Birthday." I think it's December. Honestly, yeah, is, is no, that okay. what it is? Right, I don't know. December sounds right. It's easy to look up. All I got to do is just. It's the same. It's the same birthday as uh, as LeBron James. I know that. Uh, but uh, it, might, it, it might be December. Yeah, so, December. Yes, yeah, I know because I'm his best friend. See, <laughs> see there, there's a difference between between being friendly with oh, and respect someone and best friends. And and people who don't want to hear truth sometimes they automatically look for reasons and excuses, and they want to bash you. They want to uh, attack your credibility, and they want to attack this and that. I personally do not care 
who the quarterback is for the Philadelphia Eagles this year, next year, or ever. I don't care. I don't care who the quarterback is. for. And it's not my job to care who the quarterback is. It's my job to objectively watch, talk about, and write about. And that's, and, and that's where I am. Yep, that's why you're here. That's why. That's why I brought you here because I'm the emotional one. Because I am the one that goes off the goes off the deep end and, and says the world is ending. And then I sit back. And, it's a good balance. And, and, it's a good balance, man. <laughs> just for for the people listening, for the viewers and the listeners and all that stuff. I also, just like Rob, I mean, I, I care about the team, obviously, but I also, when I write and when I podcast and things like that, I do everything objectively. I'm not going to come on here and say Wentz was the best quarterback to ever live and hurts his trash and, and all that fun stuff. I I personally just didn't think it was fair. And, you know, there's a lot of things that go into it. Obviously, if Wentz didn't want to be here, you got you to gotta get rid of him and all that stuff. I just wasn't a fan of, of the way the whole thing went down. That is all. And that is it. And that is all. Not a fan of what he's kind of doing now. He looks like the bitter like girlfriend that kind of moved on and is trying to make the other one jealous, like with all his IG posts and boxing and Bobcat stuff, whatever he's doing. Like, so I'm oh, not, I'm, on. see now, now you, now you're going to be over the top. That's I'm just saying, I'm just saying, it just looks like, it just looks like, it just looks like he's, he's trying to be, don't, <laughs> don't people evolve, right? Yeah, if, he's if evolving. People, all right. Yeah. If people want to look in a mirror and, and say, hey, he's comfortable, you know he's comfortable. Maybe, <laughs> I, maybe I need to, uh, maybe I need to be more, outgoing maybe i need to be more this or that or i i, I don't know he could have tried that here that was a, no well, well not, not not after december yeah was, you're right yeah he was, not, not de- he was getting destroyed for things he didn't say and decisions he didn't make yeah dude and i remember i tweeted once and i was like i've never seen a man get blasted so much for 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 not saying anything and i got heat for that so you know it but is he, here, it is. here's at, at the end of the day he's not here like, yeah, I know. At the end of the day, it doesn't right? even matter. Like, he's not here anymore. Jalen Hurts is here. And then for for people who took that tweet where I was talking about Jalen Hurts to say, like, this has nothing to – that tweet talking about Jalen Hurts, one, the Eagles, I thought, were unfairly ridiculed and criticized for what I posted. I didn't think they deserve it. I think they they rightfully are unsure but I also feel they're finally willing to give him the opportunity that I feel he deserves, but none of it's got to do with Carson. So I don't know why people keep getting hung up on it. Like he's not here. It's time for everybody in Philly to move on. I know I've Us been, included. Us included. Dude, I'm so happy to be in Florida because I missed everything that, that went down. Yeah, like, you were fun. away. Like, oh, I, I missed hearing The city was burning it. down. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's great. Oh, man. At the end like of the you day. said, that, that it's time to let's, let's move. Yeah, it's time to time to just move forward. And every time, and even when I do move forward, like I talk about Jayla Hurts and I tweet about Hurts and I post clips and I, you know, break down his, his stuff and why it's encouraging for him moving forward. And the responses I get is better than Wentz. Like, that does nothing for me anymore. It does nothing for me. Like, you're trying to get a rise out of me now. Like, he is gone. I do not care. Play, 75, like, yeah. per, play 75% of your snaps next season right? and, and just give us the pick and that's it. That's all I care. <laughs> that's everybody in Philly needs to – you got to want him to play 75 because you want that extra first-round pick. Because you know what? That extra first-round pick may turn into – who knows? Yep. Who knows what it could turn into? Yep, this. we'll get into that. Uh, so before we do move on to the trade, we do have a quick word from sponsors. We'll be right back right here. Victor Williams, Rob Motti on the hot route part of the Philly Pop. Since 1930, the Heritage family has proudly served the communities of South Jersey. From humble roots, Heritage's dairy stores now operates 33 convenient locations. Their desire is to become your convenience store of choice, not just because of their welcoming atmosphere, but because of their fresh, quality products. 
Heritage's milk is still the sweetest. Coffee's hot and fresh. And Heritage's full-service delis offer the best local ingredients prepared and sliced on-site, far exceeding the competition. Heritage's Dairy Stores. It's not just our name, it's our heritage. What is up, guys? We are back right here on the hot route as a part of the Philly Pod. Myself, Victor Williams, go ahead and give me a follow on Twitter at the Philly Pod here with Rob Motti. Give him a follow on Twitter. Very simple. His name, Rob Motti, M-A-A-D-D-I, because I have a hard enough time spelling it myself when I'm typing out his email and then all that all that fun <laughs> stuff. So now, now we're at the fun part of the show, as if the fun part wasn't, you know, as if the first part wasn't fun enough. But man, the... The the emotional roller coaster I personally went through. I know Rob's kind of you know stay stone faced to all this at this point, but I'm the the woof when the, the trade that went down on Friday when uh when Miami initially traded down from three to six, and as I analyzed the draft boards and everything like this, the one thing that stood out to me prior to this trade was that Miami has to has to move down if the Eagles have any chance at Jamar Chase. And I know that you know there's more people in the draft than Kyle Pitts and Jamar Chase. And now that this trade has happened. You can allow the scope to be on other people. We can start to find out about some other players and things like that. But the end all be all for me personally was Jamar Chase. Like it's hard to, to, to not grab that alpha receiver. So once Miami moved back to six, uh, that kind of opened up everything I needed because they were the one, you know, wide receiver needy team there that wasn't looking at quarterbacks or Penny Sewell or anything like that. So in the span of that time between when the Eagles decided to trade back, I was on I was on cloud nine, and then it all went away <laughs> when Howie traded that back. So, uh, you know, everybody on Twitter saw me, you know, flipping out and all of this, and then I came back down to earth. And at the end of the day, you know, I, I – <clears throat> I'm not. I'm not a Howie defender. I, I. I don't think I'll ever become that. That's what you know. That Rob can assume that role. But I. I. I, uh, I um. You know. I, at the end of the day, I do not hate the trade because at the end of the day, if Jalen Hurts does underperform next season, if he is QB one, who knows these days. Uh, but if he does underperform next season, and he does, you know, and and we still unsure about him this time next year, it does give the Eagles additional ammunition and assets to go ahead and either move up for a quarterback next year or a trade for somebody if somebody becomes available, if the Deshaun Watson stuff, you know, cleans up that whole situation or Russell Wilson or, you know, whatever situation comes up. The Eagles do have a lot more breathing room now when it comes to making moves if Jalen Hurts isn't the answer. Um, Rob, your takeaways from this trade, the initial reaction, and then when you kind of sat back and analyzed the whole bit. Because my initial reaction was, I need Howie out of here more than ever, you know, more than the Wentz trade. I told myself this is worse than the Wentz trade (laughs) when it happened. Obviously, I've come back down to earth, but I I wasn't a fan at the time. Man, so Friday was like I had a day off. It was beautiful weather. You thought. You thought you did. Right? It was a a beach day. I was like, all right, please don't do nothing. I don't want to be bothered today. Next thing I know, my phone's blowing up, and I see the trade. And I'm like, my initial reaction was, one, I wasn't surprised. We know how he's always active. And then as I thought about it and thought about it, like, more and more, I liked it. And I went from like it to I love it. I really like this trade because – as I said earlier, Victor, like this isn't a team that's one player away. They're a bad football team right. that needs talent. Whoever they were going to get at six, whether it was Jamar Chase, and I love, I like Chase, and I love Kyle Pitts too, as well. You're one of those one guys, of those huh? Guys. Yeah, You're on the Pitts wagon, huh? <laughs> yeah, I would have been. I, I love, I love a big, tall, strong, fast guy like Pitts, and Jamar's the same way. He's six one, two hundred, but uh, I, I felt like this is a great move because you didn't. You didn't go from 6 to 27. Right. You went from 6 to 12. They did draft a guy in Fletcher Cox who might be one of the all-time greats at his position, 
right? At least in franchise history. So you can get a supremely talented player at 12 and the ability to get another pick in the third and then also to be able to get that future first round pick next year. Man, to me, I thought it's a no brainer. It's a great move. It's a great deal. Now, what do they do at 12? Do they stay at 12? Do they go back up? Do they trade down again? Like there's everything I think is on the board now for Howie. You know, we talked about Zach Ertz a little bit earlier. What if they package Zach in that pick? And then I, I don't know. There's so much that they can do. Assuming they stay there, though, I think they can get a really talented player. They just they have to get a talent. Like there's there's no misses here, man. They gotta hit on this pick. Yeah, Javi wants to save face in any kind of way. This year would be the year. That's why I was like, my initial reaction was like, how we found a way to mess up the number six pick before the draft even got here. Like, that was my initial reaction. And then, you know, obviously we all we all calmed down. Um, but, you know, some, 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 you know, rays of hope here for the people that still aren't on board with this trade. You could initially, like, say, you know, however the draft board falls, you know, Judy fell last year when nobody expected him to. Ruggs yeah. was taken before Judy. You know, Justin Jefferson obviously went where he went. We don't have to go down that, that rabbit hole again. Uh, but but to the saving grace for some people, since 2005, three wide receivers were taken before the number 12 pick just one time. And that was the 2017 draft with Corey Davis, Mike Williams, and John Ross. And, you know, the three, none of the three of them are blowing it up right now. Um, so, you know, one of Devontae Smith or Jalen Waddle should be there if, if they decide to go wide receiver. Um, obviously, some other players come in and play. I'm seeing a lot of J.C. Horn, um, mm-hmm. you know, fandom running around. And, you know, he, he I think he's overtaking Patrick Sertain at this point as far as best corner. You know, um, Rashawn Slater, the offensive tackle from Northwestern, he's he's in there. Not the, not the crazy pick. You know, nobody wants to see that. But, you know, oh, well, right. depth is never a bad idea. Uh, I saw Quiddy Pay earlier, the edge rusher. I wouldn't be a fan of that, but, you know, just so many different ways you can go in this. And in addition to that, if a player does fall, the Eagles can take, like, say they take the the, the pick they got from the Colts, the number 84 pick. They can take that pick, mm-hmm. package it with the 12th pick, and move back up, you know, in the top nine and get their draft guy. And then in that sense, you essentially got a first-round pick for Miami for free in that sense. Um, so, you know, I, as you sit down and analyze it and you break it down, it's not the worst thing in the world. Um, if you still get your guy at the end of the day, if you get a Waddle or a Smith or a J.C. Horn or something like that, and, you know, you grab uh, a Kadarius Tony or a Terrace Marshall or a Asante Samuel in the second uh, address linebacker at some point. It's the, 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 the draft is not a failure just yet, and I had to convince myself that. <laughs> but there's definitely a lot of different options in this draft now that the Eagles made this move. Yeah, and, and exactly. I know that the initial reaction anytime the Eagles do anything that people – uh, aren't excited about it's going to be negative and it's going to be overwhelmingly negative and and, and I was on the road at the time I was right, so I was man. just in the car I was on I had a long like Yo, two hour drive ahead of me right? I was just like yeah. Yo this is the worst ever I have to sit here and think about this like <laughs> I, I get it hey, everybody was like all in on on Chase or Pitch but I don't even know that they would have done that like we don't know what yeah if he was going they, before six anyway it doesn't matter like, <laughs> yeah and and I I tweeted this out a couple weeks ago and it got a lot of attention in Atlanta and I, I said the biggest obstacle to the Eagles getting Pitts is is the Falcons wanting Kyle Pitts and I still think that's a possibility they also I thought they might trade down and get Kyle Pitts somewhere uh maybe between seven and ten now that the Eagles are at 12 so that may happen but uh I think when you sit back take emotion out of it this was a really good move for the Eagles but the problem is they got to execute. They mm-hmm. got to be able that's to the, use That's the whole issue right picks. there. What like, are they going to do with these picks? Man? <laughs> you, you have all these picks. Now you better hit on them. 
And if you don't hit on them, you're still going to be here. You're still going to be a mess. Yeah, that's that's the whole thing. Like, what's the point of, you know, some people are in the camp of what's the point of accumulating more picks when Howie can barely draft a pole bowler to save his life? You know, Wentz was the I, one in the last five I years. Understand. So. Yeah, I understand. And I get that. That's fair. It's completely understandable when people feel that way. And that's you, you got facts to back it up. Yeah, super dope, don't we? <laughs> don't totally all have the facts. Howie's just not, not you know. Obviously, look at Miles Sanders, but Dillard. I think the one who's the one person remaining in this. Uh, I think Siamalu is the one guy remaining from that 2016 class, and it's 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 yeah, it's bad. Yeah, it's bad. but if you, if if you turned Carson, you won a Super Bowl with Carson. Yeah, and then you turn him into a first round pick and a and a third round pick, and and who knows? You know, I I don't think like. We don't definitively know. And Carson may end up going to Indianapolis and not doing anything. Yeah. And and the Eagles, you know, they, they can move on, use those picks and and build a find a fat maybe Jalen Hurts is that franchise quarterback and they build around him. There's a lot there's this is this is what we know. There's a lot more questions than answers at this point. Yeah, and I don't think how he's done with trades. If I had to bet on it, I, I no, bet you, no I bet you he's no. there there's no way they're picking eleven people in this street. They're not keeping all eleven picks. Like that's not how he's thing. <laughs> he's not gonna yeah, do it. They'll, they'll, yeah, there'll be trade ups, there'll be trade downs, there'll be trades into next year, there'll be packages, there'll be all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yep. So so now as we attempt as the Eagles do attempt to move forward and for now, you know, build around Jalen Hurts, you start to look at the depth chart behind him uh, as they as they acquired Joe Flacco. Uh, I know the initial contract come out, the three and a half million had fans, you know, going, going nuts. Yeah. My initial reaction was that, uh, while Flacco, you know, he, he didn't play terribly when he had to play for the Jets last season uh, by that 52% completion and that uh, and that 0-4 record. <laughs> Granted, it was the Jets, you know, not the greatest yeah. team. And Flacco is, what, 35 now? Uh, so, you know, it's just – but the whole thing, it's not performance for me for Joe Flacco. Um, it's that, you know, f- from what I know, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but, um, you know, I think he kind of gave Lamar the cold shoulder on the way out of there, and he wasn't the greatest mentor to, to Drew Locke. And you had the – you know, you were fortunate enough to be in that uh, – uh, in that press conference with them. Um, so now that we know that his cap number is actually like one and a half million <laughs> with the incentives and the void years and all that stuff, everybody can calm down uh, a little bit. But what were you able to gather from from speaking with Joe Flacco? Um, is he here to really kind of, you know, take Jalen under his wing? Uh, I know that everyone says that they're here to compete. Is he just here to kind of push Jalen and, and, you know, maybe give him a scare <laughs> for that starting spot so he does perform? Or, or does he really think he has a chance of starting here? What, what should we take away from the signing of Joe Flacco? Man, he handled that news conference very professionally um, and avoided as much controversy as he possibly could. <laughs> he knew what the he deal was. Not, he knew like, what it he was. He knew. He was a seasoned <laughs> pro, man. He didn't say anything. And there were maybe three, four, five different ways that the question was asked of him. At the end, I finally asked him, like, do you put your ego aside knowing that you're coming in, like, trying to get in? And he's like, no, there's, you never put your ego aside. Y'all. And I'm like, oh, dude, man, you're really good. You're not going to, you're not going to give us anything there. I don't think the one thing that I will say is he said in the beginning, like, he hadn't even talked to the coaching staff and the team about role and backup and starter. Like, come on, dude, you don't sign a contract not knowing what the deal is. But I give him credit for not wanting to put it out there or say anything about it. But he's he's no doubt coming in here. But there's no way the Eagles are going to, barring injury to Jalen Hurts, Joe Flacco's not going to start. 
Uh, and, and, and that's the situation. He knows that. He's close to home. He's collecting a paycheck. He's prolonging his career. And I guess he could settle sort of into a mentor role. He talked about the quarterback room being where you're, you're always looking to help each other. So I don't really know the extent of what went down in Baltimore. I think maybe in Baltimore differently than uh, when he was in Denver, because it was so new to him, it was fresh to him. He had been a starter. He'd been a Super Bowl MVP. He was taken aback by how that developed and all that. Like when you initially fall from grace or you go, there's there's some anger, there's some bitterness, there's some resentment. But now, three years removed from that situation, he knows the deal coming here. And I, I think he'll handle it fine. Yeah, it seems to be. He seems to know what the deal is. That's that was my takeaway from that. So yeah. I just I just knew his past, and I know like it, you know things weren't the greatest with Drew Locke, and on, on the way out of Baltimore, you know he probably could have been a little more personable. <laughs> um, but you know at the end of the day, I think I think he'll he'll do his job here. Um, you know they try. I, I like to believe the organization does their best to bring in. Um, you know, character people. Uh, so, so the last uh, opinion I do want to have from you, draft wise, if you were if you were a, a betting man and you had to make that selection today at the 12th pick, and who's you know who who's the player you're taking? Let's assume that you know Chase is gone and Pitts and gone and and nobody. I'll even say Devontae Smith is gone because I don't feel like he's Smith, getting out of the top. Smith team. is gone. Okay. Yeah. So let's goes. say so let's say you got Waddle on the board. You got I'm Quiddy going Pay Waddle. Dang, I'm Waddle's gonna, the man. You like these I'm Bama gonna, receivers? Man? Yeah, man. I want a Bama player. Period. No, dude. 19 right. years since the last it, one. Nine, how is that even possible? Like it's not it's not like Alabama's been uh, hasn't won national. You know what I'm saying? Like how is it even possible yeah, yeah, yeah. to yeah. overlook a program for 19 years? Yeah, I, and the I, last player wasn't that great. That fifth round, Freddie Mylins, I think, in the fifth yeah, round in 2002. Yeah, the last time man. the Eagles took a player from that school, and they. You, I'm so old, I covered that draft. Man, yeah, and you probably had no. Can't even remember who the kid is. Right? <laughs> no, nah, uh, the O2 draft. If uh, right off the top of my head was Jerome McDougal. Yeah, great. When they traded up for Jerome. McDougal, and all I remember about him is he was from Miami, ended up getting shot. Oh, man. Yeah, uh, that was not a good pick. It was not a good draft. Yeah, man. Well, let's hope that this is the year they take a Bama yes. player. Like, if I, I'm yeah. real big on J.C. Horn, though, man, because we literally – we got the one like corner, the corner that yeah. can line up is, uh, is Darius Slay. You know, I don't know. I, I have not much faith in Craig James and Kevon Seymour and Michael Jaquette. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll, I'll put myself in a fan – like in, in a fan mentality – I always want a playmaker, right? Yeah. If I'm not, if I'm not, if you don't take a playmaker, if it's going to be any position other than that, I do like corners because I think they could be such big time impact players. When you can draft a shutdown corner and not have to worry about one side of the field uh, for five to ten years, that would be a tremendous opportunity. Yeah, and I just lean towards corner because I feel like I feel like they're a harder talent to find the receiver. Yeah. Like it's not right. as deep as a class. Everybody's you know enamored with the Santi, uh, Asante Samuel as they should be in the second round. But granted, he's gone. You got Terrace Marshalls. You got Rashad Bateman's later on. You got uh, Kadarius Tony's later on. Uh, you know, there's some guys you can you can entertain in the second round. Granted, they're not the alpha. Uh, that we need, which is why I, I say J Jaw, Victor, don't yeah. give up. Yo, on I bet you know how much money I lost on J Jaw. I, I don't know if you were following me at the time, but man, I was betting on that man's touchdown every week, and I lost more than I like to admit. Uh, I, I want to see what Nick Sirianni and his Michael Pittman, man, he's about to look like Michael Pittman in this offense. <laughs> there you go. Oh, don't man. give up on Jalen nah, Rager. Uh, yeah. Nah, I like Jalen. I like Rager, bro. I like Rager. Watkins. We don't. Yeah. So did you see that I, clip of Watkins and that slow release? Man, yeah. Don't don't. Uh, 
I'll send it to you because that that crawl route was not encouraging at all. Hey, uh, <laughs> oh, uh, I like Rager as a player. I think there's a lot more to show from him. I, you know, the the last year's offense is difficult to to assess anybody as broken as it was. Of course. And yeah. actually, I, this is this is what I have in mind for next season is that if can can we honestly like can we honestly assess Jalen Hurts fairly in a rebuilding year like like no. you, like I don't think it's fair to him just to give him one year. Like, yeah, I've uh, I've said that too. I've I've felt like I don't know he deserves an opportunity. I feel to be given a full season barring injury and in a rebuilding year. I don't even know that that's enough to know right. for certain. Now. If, you got to let it play out because if he plays out in a rebuilding year and he's like a 42% yeah. completion guy, well, then, you know, all right, it's things are, it, my, my if man he's the reason we're losing right? games. Yeah. Then. Yeah. So <laughs> you, you got to see how it plays out, but there's a chance that you can play out the whole season and there's injuries and it's a rebuild and you still at the end of uh, 2021 are looking at it and going, mm, we don't know. He, he, he needs another year. He needs more time. So, and then we're going to be it, Sam Howell fans next year drafting that guy. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, what we'll we having this conversation? I just don't want a QB carousel, and that was my whole issue. Not to not to bring up Carson again, but that was my whole issue with the way this was handled because for so desperately long, me myself personally, I was so tired of the QB instability with the Michael Vicks. He was great when he was here, but with the Michael Vick and the Bradford and the Sanchez and the Cobb and the you know everything else that was going on, and we finally had QB stability. That's all I long for in this organization is QB stability, and we finally had it and we got rid of him after a season and now we Stuff might be in QB purgatory if Jalen isn't the guy like I'm not trying to do this every season I'm really not trying to be in this revolving door of quarterbacks every year and this is why I get so upset with the organization it's, I can't do this right. I well they I'll, I'll say this about the organization they want they want to have that I bet guy. they do they I bet, you, right? I bet. They, want every, they know that and they and they value that, and they're going to identify that and and see if that's why they drafted Jalen Hurts when they shouldn't. At least, at least we're at the point now where we know over the course of the next three weeks, once they trade it down to twelve, the possibility's gone. I can't, I don't see them taking a guy into like these top guys, whether it's Fields, Lance, Mac Jones, all of them, right? They're not going to. I can't see that happening at twelve. So we know right now Jalen's going to be the guy in twenty-one, and he should be. Can you tell me this right, 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 quick before before we get out of here? I just want to know this. If if you know the reason, why? What was what was the true reasoning? How he took that quarterback in the second round? Like, is it just like he just wanted the best backup in the league, or he, did he truly believe that that the Eagles were so good that we could afford a luxury and draft a quarterback? Like, what was the I, true? Re- from what you know, I know, I know it's you know kind of you know here or there, but what was the reasoning you thought that uh, that 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 Howie Roseman took that quarterback? I really think drafting Jalen Hurts was intended to be, let's bring in a guy who can be a backup quarterback who's cheap, we can develop, and we can also use in a variety of ways, even though he's not Taysom Hill, but in that Taysom Hill role. I really think that's what they initially intended. I didn't I didn't think they brought him in here to be somebody who could challenge Carson Wentz. I think they looked at where Carson had been injury-wise and said, we need somebody who's not Josh McCown. And they drafted somebody who they can use, who's not just standing on the sidelines holding a clipboard. Maybe he's somebody who could be a red zone weapon, somebody on two-point conversions, things like that. And uh, ultimately, though, they drafted what was a luxury at a position uh, that not wasn't a need. A need Surely right? wasn't a that need. Wasn't, that wasn't a need. <laughs> For a team that was coming off back-to-back nine and seven seasons and had a whole lot of other 
needs at that time. But that's that's all. And man, it's revisionist history at this point, right? You yeah, can't it doesn't go back. Matter. You can't go back and change it. It don't matter. Jalen's here. They here. didn't draft him with the idea of being a starter, is what I gather though. I after don't this whole think. Year. I I really don't think they did. Right. I really don't. I know a lot of people think like that. That was the that was the plan all along. I don't think they were undermining Carson Wentz because. You look stupid for doing that. You gave him a four-year, $128 million contract. Why would you want to undermine him? I don't think that was the plan. That was the case. But things just unfolded, and it turned out to be catastrophic the way that played out. Right, right. Just curious. Just curious. But let it be known on the record, Madi and myself are both Q- Hurts QB1 camp. Don't No doubt about yeah, it. Yeah, Madi, Madi was QB1 camp before Carson was even out of town. So so let it be known. <laughs> you know, it's, cra- it's crazy for being – as much as I've, I've been called a Wentz apologist – I think maybe my proudest Bro, moment. Bro, that's is my when, hashtag. That should be my bio, honestly. Dude, yeah, but my proudest moment is when people were attacking me for wanting him to be traded. I was like, wait a minute. So now you hate me for wanting Carson to get traded, and, and then some of you hate me for being a Carson apologist. Wow, this is great. You know, you just because once apologists are not allowed to be Hurts fans, it's how the internet works. It, get used to it. Get yeah, to- it's, it's wild, man. It's wild, but. Uh, uh, there ain't no button as great as that mute and block button. Uh, so, I, I've gotten, yeah, I've been real, okay. real accustomed with that. I got 400 people on my mute list, and I believe 380 of them are Cowboys fans. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they are, they, they, they are something. But Rob, man, it was fun getting up in here and doing this first episode. I know we're supposed to keep it short, but we, uh, yeah, got ahead of ourselves here. So, but man, it was, good, a, <laughs> it was a fun time. Everyone listening, be sure to subscribe. Apple iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, YouTube, anywhere else you get your shows. Be sure to follow me on twitter at the philly pod uh rob let the people know where they can find you any upcoming projects you got for ap and faith on the field and the uh, a million and one things on your itinerary oh, i, I can't boy, imagine just, the time you reserve to eat but let, let the people know what's coming up i now. don't <laughs> yeah they could just follow me on all social at rob Motti, except insta which is at real rob Motti. but i'm not big with my sports stuff on insta that's where i try and keep it oh, yeah man i followed and you and you just on the beach stuff. i said dang yeah and I, I try <laughs> to keep it that way and then i don't know who was gridiron or bleacher or somebody posted something now all of a sudden people are attacking me my wife and kids and oh, i'm like man, for that's what a, that's, I, it's, that's... it's like come on y'all but yeah twitter is mainly the, the the one for sports yes sir twitter is the engine that drives everything be sure to go give him a follow yes, don't sir. don't attack yes, his family sir. though we don't we don't do that here don't, don't. <laughs> we're we're, we're good right. people N- nothing nothing victor nothing but love for everybody out there you know yeah, what we're nothing good people but love for anybody no matter what even even if even if you you're you're a troll i love you anyway it's all I'm, you know, yeah, you're better than me. I'm working on that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But thank everybody for tuning Victor, in. <laughs> love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Yeah. All right? Yeah. This all is right, it, man. Jealousy is the root the of all. Uh, jealousy is the root of all insecurity. That's, that's my That's all vibe. I care about. We'll that's get it. there. Like, work, in no, work in progress. Work in progress. I'm on. <laughs> Work in progress. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, right. uh, for tuning again. This will be a weekly show, and uh, unless Rob has a million things to do. but um, So <laughs> thank you, guys. We were uh, stoked to do this first one. But until the next one, guys, peace out from the Philly Pop. Did you know creating your legacy documents, will, power of attorney, advanced medical directive, etc. is important because it allows you to have control over how your estate will be distributed upon your passing? 
You also get to decide who will make decisions, both financial and medical, if you are incapacitated and unable to make them for yourself. It allows a trusted family member or friend to become the decision maker. Without these documents, these types of decisions will be determined by a court based upon state laws that may or may not be in order with your desires and intentions. I have two daughters and realized they could be in trouble if something happened to my wife and I. Thank goodness for Brenda Lee Utzler and Associates because now Remy and I have our estate planning documents in place to protect our family, which is even more important during these challenging times. Make your appointment with Brenda Lee Utzler and Associates at 856-428-2266 like I did to get the peace of mind that estate planning can bring. That's 856-428-2266. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.